Now, this one's a little bit different than the other three. Can you explain kind of what separates evangelist from from the other three? Yeah, man. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to be very careful about it. So I don't come across as if like, this is it. And this is the nirvana or this is the ultimate truth to all of it. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday. So this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of the show, and I'm joined, as always, on these Wednesday episodes by Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm so fired up from the last conversation we had around building and having a community-first mindset. Now we dive into the skills for it. So I'm a little bit nervous, quite honestly, because <laughs> this is this is this is going to ruffle some feathers and make people think, rethink, and uh, you know, it's something that we obviously all try to do on this podcast. So it should be fun. Yeah, man. So so you posted this. It looks like about a week ago on a Saturday morning on on LinkedIn, which is not you know the best most optimal time to post on LinkedIn. You posted it as a, as a visual graphic. And I'm, I'm always telling people don't post images on LinkedIn. Text only posts perform better. So you, so you posted at a weird time, you post a visual graphic and it's, this thing still goes nuts. Tons of engagement, over a hundred comments, over 400 likes. So clearly the the content of of you posting these you know these four different types of skills that an organization needs if they want to build a you know a, a world changing movement and so walk us through kind of what are these actually can you do a brief kind of overview for the folks that didn't listen to last week's episode and then we can dive into what these four skill sets are Let's do it, man. So, so last week, we talked about having a community-first mindset and why it's that important. And if you haven't listened, check, you know, take a look at it because we go through certain examples that will open up this framework that we talked about, which is problem, community, product, change the world, which means don't go from a problem to a product, go from problem to a community. And the point was that without a community, you are a commodity. You're always competing on price. You're always competing on what the product does if you don't have a community. If you have a community, your community will give you the chance. You, you, and James, you made a point last time we talked about that it's almost similar to building a brand. And mm-hmm. the brand value is always going to help you create better results. Uh, so it's a question that we left everybody with is that what kind of company you want to be? Do you want to be a product-focused, feature-focused company? Or do you want to be a community-focused? And, and the output of a community-first organization that done, when done right, because people can get it wrong really easy, when done right, are amazing. And, and some of the companies that we talked about was Salesforce. We talked about you know in, uh, HubSpot with their inbound and then Drift with Hypergrowth and several other examples. So take, take a listen to that. And today, it's going to be like, well, if you believe that, if you did, if James and I did good enough job of convincing you that community first is the right way to go to build something that is going to have world-changing movements coming out of it, that is going to drive some insane amount of 
real value for the world that we live in, then what kind of skill sets you might need in your organization to, to do it. Yeah. And so you breaking down these four skill sets, I think is going to be enormously helpful for folks listening to this. So I, I want to dive right into it, Sangram. The, the first skill that you talk about is, is a futurist. Can you walk us through kind of what are some of the characteristics of a futurist? Yeah, man. So a disclaimer, again, just like the framework, this is not perfect and don't want to be perfect, don't need to be perfect. It is more of a guiding principle around, okay, this is what I'm looking at. But hopefully, hopefully James and I can, as we walk through this, you would be able to either self-qualify or know somebody or when you're hiring or building an organization or a team in your organization today, you might might consider having the skill set in this person. And so a lot of times, hopefully, it's going to be so immediate, like, oh, I know that's a futurist, that's a thought leader, or that's an influence. So, so hopefully it will just, you know, the picture of the person that, that we're talking about will just appear in front of you as we go through it. So, so let's talk about the futurist. I look at it as someone who is a big idea thinker, someone who is eternally optimist around, the, around things, lives in this wow of moment where it's all about, wow, let's, let's just do this. Wow, you're just, you know, let's just go do this. Why not? There's this kind of why not mentality. Very admired because this person is a futurist, is someone who talks about the future as if it's happening today. It's so confident about it. And the views of this person is a lot of times based on very much of that person's intuition, a gut like that. And, and they deeply care about the future. And here's the kicker. I believe that they so much care about the future that they would try to get there at all expense. They, the, the expense is not an issue. There's, there's just idea of like being very timeless things, which naturally creates a lot of chaos uh, in our organization. So you need to, to manage that chaos the right way. But the power of somebody who is such a futuristic view will create more of this newer narrative and a newer idea and a bigger vision that, that you deeply need an organization to create. And, and I'm wondering, James, as I talk through that, does any name come to your mind that fits the bill on that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Elon Musk is obviously, that's the name in, in your post on LinkedIn that you, that you share that I think, I think you beautifully sum that up. I talk about a guy who's, who's a big idea thinker, like he wants to make Mars habitable which is in, insane. He wants to you know, build these uh, tunnels underneath the earth where we can you know, transport you know, faster than we've ever been able to transport before what he's done with Tesla and Solar City, And I mean, the guy is just a next level when it comes to every single one of these characteristics that you came up with. So that's my thought on, on what a futurist looks like. I think you nailed it in, in your example on LinkedIn. It's awesome, man. And, and, you know, another one is, you know, is, is Steve Jobs, right? Like yeah. who, who clearly is someone who, who th- thought about the world uh, and looked at it in a very different way and just went for it and didn't really wait for people's validation or anything like that. So yeah. um, it's it. totally kind of people that we would almost should appear in front of us as we think about it. Yeah. If, if you've got an Elon Musk type character in your organization, I think you're, you're on the right track to creating a movement. The, the next skill that we're going to talk about or, or role is the role of a thought leader. Can you talk to us about what, what this role looks like? Yeah, man. So thought leader is like one of those like roles or titles thrown around. Like, you know, it's, it's just, just something just like, you know, not thought through. 
quite honestly. So, so I try to distill it down based on what I feel is a thought leader. So thought leader to me is someone who is more of a pattern recognizer, right? They, they are problem solver. They're kind of the how people, they, they understand why certain things work uh, more than the why. They're, they're focused on why do they work. They're typically very research focused, which allows them to be super trusted in whatever results they come up with. And then their views are really based on some real life examples, some insights, some data. And because they do such a deep research and analyze before they make any claims, they pretty much demystify the chaos that anybody creates. So and in, in some ways, the futures and thought leader can butt heads. But the idea is that this person is someone who have taken the time and, and thereby becomes one of the most trusted advisors in the company because people can truly rely on them because they have done the work to come up with a claim. I love it. And so the person that you listed in your post that kind of exemplifies what a thought leader is, is, is Simon Sinek. And I totally agree. I've, I've had the opportunity to, to interview him on, on our show on B2B Growth. A while back, the the thing that comes to mind, you know, this research focused characteristic. I, I particularly think of Simon as someone that's that's you know every talk that he does, it seems like it's very steeped in research. Can you talk to us more about why you think Simon kind of exemplifies this characteristic? Yeah, I mean, it's really people like Simon Sinek or Malcolm Gladwell, like all. If you read any of their books, The Tipping Point or Start with Why, like any of these books. They, they constantly go back to stories and patterns and examples of people from the past. And it makes me recognize that, okay, they, they're not saying, here's what you should do. What they're saying is like, hey, here's what they did. And based on that, here's what the framework might look like, right? Like almost like what we did in the first episode of the series where we said, you know what, let's look at all these examples. And we are trying to come up with a framework that matches the patterns, not perfectly, but enough or we could say, you know what, there's enough here to, to turn into a pattern. So all of these people are constantly looking at history to tell how certain things worked. And they're fascinated by it and tell that this story in a, such a gripping way where we start understanding like why, you know, why certain companies are doing well versus others not or why certain movements are big, there's not. And I think that's why they, they are so admired and, and quite honestly trusted. I love it. So the third skill that we're going to talk about is the influencer slash motivator. Now, the person that exemplifies this one, we're not going to share yet, but he's one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite humans on the on the planet. Talk to us about what an influencer motivator looks like. Yeah, man. So this is the fun one, right? These are the people who know how to build a following. They are an amplifier more so than anything. They are not, I'm not saying necessarily that they don't have new ideas. Of course, they, they have thoughts and ideas and all this stuff, but they are truly more of an amplifier of whatever already exists. And, and they live in the now. They are very much trendsetter, trend, trend focused, and making sure that they're always on top of their game on whatever is happening in the marketplace. So they're, they're pretty much living in the now. As a result of that, they have the most follow you know, people, they're not, the futurists and thought leader may have some followers, but they're not necessarily engaging with people as much as this influencer person is probably going to be engaging one-on-one with you because they care about their following. That's 
That's what. And what's interesting about them, what makes them truly influencer or motivator is because they speak and they talk and they share based on personal experiences, personal credibility, personal battle scars, which really makes their thought process really, really important for people to allowing them to be an influencer in our lives. So they, they thrive in chaos. They, they, they feel like that's, that's okay. That's actually better than not. They cannot live in a, in a peaceful, they, they, want to, they want some chaos there. And they're always timing things almost to a point of perfection where they know what's happening or they would jump on things that will seem to be or start creating things that are starting to becoming the next movement. Because again, they're amplifier, they're follower builder, they're trend focused that allow that the, the whole need of this person is to make sure that they are on top of what the market and where it is. And, and you're right. Yeah, I put this name just for you, James, because I know you love it. <laughs> is Gary Vaynerchuk an example of that? Because Gary is incredible at amplifying, has probably a great, you know, one of the best followings and the relationships that he have created one-on-one with people on social are better than anybody else that I've seen in a long time. But you could probably tell me if, if I'm off here or on point. Not at all, man. I think when you say thrives in chaos, I think Gary would totally agree with that. You know, the the fact that he's a follower builder and amplifier, I think his his views are based on, you know, both experience and credibility. Uh, all of those things that you listed, I, I think are spot on. The fourth one, Sangram, that, that we're going to talk about is an evangelist. Now, this one's a little bit different than the other three. Can you explain kind of what separates evangelists from, from the other three? Yeah, man. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to be very careful about it. So I don't come across as if like, this is it. And this is the nirvana or this is the ultimate truth to all of it. There's some aspect of it that I, as I believe and see it is that there needs to be, and it's not a title. Like you would never, you, you very seldom see somebody having an evangelist title. I mean, I have in my company, but it's for a very different reason. It's, it's not what you think. It's, it's almost internal compass around things. So what, what I, what I look, at, look at and think about as evangelism is like, look, you could be a futurist, you could be a thought leader, you could be an influencer, you could be all of it. And the degree of which what you want to do will determine the level of evangelism. So I think about somebody who's an evangelist is, is someone who loves to build a community. That's kind of their number one focus. It's not a company, a community. It's, it's a higher purpose. They're typically connector and think about stuff in, in a forever terms. And as we go through people that, that I've listed out, I think you'll get a signal, well, who cares about something forever? Well, there are people. And because they care about things forever, you love them and you follow them. They are probably very, the most passionate people you would ever meet because they just are single purpose minded people out there. And their views are based on a very deep understanding of the core human need or a core problem, whatever they're trying to solve. And because they have this forever mentality, a community mentality, they are constantly uh, uplifting others around them because they recognize it is forever. It, like they are there, they may not be there tomorrow, but the problem that they're trying to solve, the need that they're trying to address is forever. It's, it's endless. And, and they're just trying to create all of this through love. And the person that I listed out as like one of the top evangelists in my view was Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, yeah. You know, we, we cannot imagine that person doing anything, but, you know, doing what he did uh, for all of us. So, so that, you know, you, you think about another example, like we talked about Steve Jobs as a futurist, but you can also call him an evangelist because he truly, truly, truly cared about the problem, single purpose minded, 
moving things around and views where he deeply cared about the experiences people have through technology. And it's forever. It's endless. He, he just wanted to create a legacy that will last forever and, and transcend that person. So yeah. there are very few and far between in, in this role. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I think MLK is spot on. There are a couple characteristics and, you know, obviously none of us knew Steve Jobs personally, but kind of the the uh, some of the darker aspects of his personality might not fit, you know, totally in line with, you know, the, the whole uplifting others to make to make the cause bigger or, you know, creating love. I don't I don't know if that was necessarily a, a Steve Jobs go to, but. I think your encapsulation of Martin Luther King, who also had his own, you know, no, nobody's perfect. And, and he struggled with things in his, in his personal life as well. But I, I think all of these, man, I, I, it's not shocking to me that this got as much traction as it did on LinkedIn, because you, you outlined four very specific things, tied them to, to four people that we all know and listed a multitude of characteristics that tie to each of these roles. And when you think about, you know, any, I'm, I'm so big on, you know, personal branding. And, and I think that a huge part of an organization winning is, you know, who's, who's the leader, uh, you know, who's, who's the leader kind of spearing, you know, steering the ship or, uh, or, or at the, at the, um, at the point of that movement. And, and there always tends to be a singular personality at the head of it, whether it's Gary V of, you know, VaynerMedia, VaynerX, you know, his enterprise with Elon Musk for the different companies he started, Steve Jobs, MLK, like all of these people are at the kind of the tip of the spear for the, for the movement that they're starting. So you don't need all four of these in a single organization, but, you know, to your example of, you know, Salesforce, having Mark Benioff and, and drift, you know, the, the first two names that come to mind are David Cancel and Dave Gearhart, you know, having those personalities at the tip of your movement, I think is, is crucial. So if you're listening to this and you're not sure, you know, is, is our CEO, you know, this role, is it our, you know, is it our CMO? Is it, you know, somebody else in our organization that has the, has the ability to, or is naturally one of these things how can we as an organization come around them to help them press more into that? I think would be kind of my big thing that I would, that I'm thinking about as we talk about this, but, but what's your big takeaway, Sangram, as we let listeners kind of move away from this episode and, and digest it a bit? Yeah, man. Uh, I think one is it's a random thought that I put out there as you started off saying that, man, this is one of those posts that defied all the standard laws around putting anything on LinkedIn on a certain day in a certain way. And yeah. it really trumped all the results that we've ever got in terms of just social traction uh, without really spending any money or trying to tag a million people in it. And that just shows that great quality content would always rise to the top. But what it also meant is that just like the first one, we wanted to top it off with saying that, look, without a community, you're building or you're just a commodity. I think the way to wrap this thing up is that, look, all of these are great skill set. And, and without any of these characteristics, you know, it, it's, it's going to be really hard for anybody to build a movement. So in both cases, I think the reali realization for me personally is that, oh, my goodness, we have been very humbled and honored to be part of a community. And we are very humbled and honored to even consider to be part of any of these four categories. And the point is not who you are and, and figure it out. The point is that 
what do you need and what are you building? Because based on what it is that you're trying to do, you can figure out if you have the skill set or hire somebody who has the skill sets and partner up with them because it's going to be important that somebody believes in whatever it is that you're building so deeply that people either either will be most admired or they'll be most passionate, they'll be most trusted or most followed. If neither of those things happen, it's going to be really hard for you to build the movement that you're trying to have. I love it. Sangram, this has been fantastic. I've loved this little two-part series and the wisdom that you shared in it. If you are listening to this and if you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, make sure to review it. It helps us get in, in front of a whole lot more people. So we'd really appreciate that. And, uh, and most importantly, just thank you so much for, for listening and being a part of the Flip My Funnel community. It would not be what it is if it weren't for, for you actively in, engaging in the way that you have. So Sanger, man, thanks for your time and looking forward to uh, next Wednesday. Amen, brother. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.